You're listening to the Manchester City Football Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and for for enjoying the show with us. We had some serious guests on tonight. Quick one, guys. Favourite guests, favourite moment of the show? Oh, it's got to be SWP himself, Sean Wright Phillips. Walter? I'll go for Mr Manchester City James Bond, Willie Donachie. (laughs) (laughs) And then my favourite of the night, obviously Archie Kelly, the hilarious Archie Kelly, um, who's also going to be on at City Square this Saturday. So a big thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Good evening and welcome. It is the 22nd of January and this is the Manchester City Football Social. I'm Natalie Pike, City Square presenter and a fully paid up season ticket holder for 21 happy, some happy seasons. Joining me tonight to talk all things blue are two of the former members of the Blue Moon Rising TV stars. We've got the one and only Glass Half Full it is Walter Smith. Good evening, Walter. Good evening. How are you? Much better for meeting you two lovely lads <laughs> at last. Because also joining me, we've got comedian, and he's a passionate blue, it's Alex Hilton. Hello, Natalie. How are you? I'm good. I, I used to watch your videos all the time, and now it's lovely to meet you in Get person and to, and to jack to you. <laughs> um, we've got absolutely loads going on tonight. We've got guests galore. On the phone, we're going to be speaking to former player Willie Donahue. We're going to be speaking to Archie Kelly, who you'll all know from Phoenix Knights, and we're also going to be having a chat to the legend, the one and only Sean Wright Phillips. We're going to talk about the Burnley game, obviously, which is the FA Cup game on Saturday, but we're going to start the show tonight by looking ahead at the games this week. So, there is two games happening this week, one uh, in tomorrow night, which we know, the Burton Albion game, but there's a game tonight as well, lads, isn't there? It's, we're playing in the, if you didn't know, it's the under-21s are playing in the Checker Trade Trophy against Sunderland. Um, so, first of all, guys, what's your opinion on this on City and the other some of the other sixteen clubs playing in the Checker Trade Trophy? Well, I was massively against it to be honest, and then we got to the quarterfinal, and I'm massively in favour of it. I think, <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion, I was so against it. I was like, it's ruining lower league football. It's absolutely awful. Let them have it. And then you find that actually it's doing our, little, our kids wonders. And they've, they've done terrifically. They're the only Premier League team uh, left in the competition. Uh, we've seen that it's not so easy. Obviously, Sunderland knocked out Newcastle's under 21s in the last round. It's not a breeze for the top sides. It's a great challenge. Some of those young kids are going to go from playing reserve team football, youth team football, to going and playing in front of 30,000, 40,000 people at the stadium light and what a night out that is for them and what a learning curve it is and for Manchester City the culture of winning the culture of taking things seriously that we're, that we're trying to build into the team you know playing in a cup quarter final uh, it's a massive night it's a, it's a, I hope Manchester City fans get behind it yeah, what about you, Walter? Do you do you like? Are you happy to see the kids in the Checker Trade Trophy? Yeah, of course I am. I, I think it highlights a bigger problem for me, though. That you know, in Spain and places like this, you have these Barcelona B, Real Madrid B teams playing in the lower leagues, and for all the best will in the world, you know, you're there trying to coach these players through and bring them through, and you want them to be in your first team. If they're not getting any sort of uh, competitive football, real competitive football against men then they're always going to come up slightly short. It's going to be a culture shock when they break through to Manchester City. So I think it's a great opportunity for these kids, you know, to offer their offer their best chance against real grown men. It's just a shame that they can't do it more often. And you can always see, you know, somebody could look good when they're in the youth teams and they could be, 
fast and powerful, but when they're coming up against grown-ups, that part of their game simply doesn't exist. You know, it's more the skill and the ability and the, the reading of the game. So it's a great opportunity. I just wish we'd see more of it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the teams, the 16 AA teams, as they're called, were added to the Checker Trade Trophy a couple of seasons ago with exactly that in mind by, by, the, by the, um, the, the EFL, the, fo- the footballing people, um, to give youth teams a bit more of a chance. And then we talked about it quite a lot on last Friday's Manchester Football Social. And then this happens where we're playing the Checker Trade Trophy tonight and tomorrow we're playing Burton Albion in the semi-finals of the League Cup, which would have been an amazing opportunity for these under 21s to play in a first team game so do you think because like you said they're 30 40 000 at sunday is tonight a better test for them or would tomorrow be a better test for them well i mean you could say so i personally i, I think i know pep guardiola um, and the powers that be at manchester city wanted uh, the tuesday night game to be postponed so that the kids could play in both um the fa and the football league weren't a fan of that idea and it has put that question in you know do you play the kids against sunderland personally I do think it's a bigger game. Uh, I mean, no respect to Burton Albion. You can never, ever say never in football, but I've got a feeling Wednesday night we're not going to see a 10-0, right? <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's people on, you know, betting apps or whatever that are going for it. But generally, it's probably a friendly. It's a dead rubber. Um, I think, you know, the senior players that do play in that game, it's going to be a knockaround in the park. I'm sure Burton Albion might be up for it, but they're going to treat it like a friendly. Whereas Sunderland, they're going for... They're going for a cup win. It's a side that a massive team. Like you said, the play, you're playing against men. You're playing in a bigger stadium. Uh, the stadium of light is seven or eight times bigger than the Pirelli Stadium. Do you think they're going to have 40,000 there, though? Well, I mean, <laughs> I've no idea. Will, will Sunderland take it seriously? They're in a cup quarter final. It's a big game for Sunderland. And I, I th- is it? Sunderland are used to being in the Premier League, though. Is the Checker Trade Trophy a big competition to them? Oh, we've all seen the documentary, Natalie. Time's Do you know what? I haven't. Sunderland. I haven't. Is it good? Um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, just, uh, it's all right. It's, it's not as good as ours. It's, it's not as good as ours. Yeah. I want to see more flashy training. Not enough kit men. Not enough kit men for me. But... I, Oh, it's a big game for Sunderland, is it? Playing the cup quarterfinal. I think it definitely is. You know, if you think what what else are Sunderland going to win this year? You know, they're in the quarterfinals, and you cut your cloth accordingly. You know, when we were end of the nineties and we were in a cup quarterfinal, we'd have you know bitten your hand well, off. Do you remember when we played in the checker trade or whatever it was called back oh. then? And we got knocked out, and um, <laughs> we got knocked out in like the first round. I remember being in the kip acts, and there was like three thousand people in the entire crowd. <laughs> I think we played like Mansfield or something. Mansfield. <laughs> uh, but the problem was it was highlighted in the press the next day that we'd only got two or three thousand there. I think Alex might be slightly. Um, Looking optimistically about a thirty-five, forty thousand, but you know, if Sunderland price it right. Why wouldn't they fill it? You know, mm. and it's also a chance. It's all, I always feel it's a chance to see what future stars, as it were. You know, you, you're looking at all these players that are at this Manchester City now, and they're getting coached by Pep Guardiola, and the. You know, they're the future of the game as such. And, you know, you're getting a little sneak peek at that. But how many of these? That's This is my point on it. What, how, ma- how many of these kids that are playing tonight are getting coached by Pep Guardiola? Maybe they're popping, you know, maybe he's watching now and again. But if they had the chance of playing tomorrow, well, they are definitely getting Pep's attention for, what, three full days. They're playing. They, he's, he said, Pep said in his press conference that KDB and Phil Foden will be playing. 
chance to play with KDB, who's one of the world's greatest <laughs> players. And now, sadly, because they wouldn't move the fixtures, loads of them are not going to get that chance. Of course, of course. And in an ideal world, you want them both to, to play in both games. You want them to play as many minutes you know, in, in real football, in real games, playing in front of real fans, playing on the TV and all those things that come with it. I think it's, it is a really disappointing. And I think the Football Association and the powers that be in football um, do need to make their mind up because they seem to want to help young players. We talk about giving those opportunities as much, but when it's convenient and when it's not difficult and when it isn't moving things around in the football. And I, I would love to see them play in both, but if they've got to play in one... They should play against Sunderland because that whatever happens against Burton, there is no, uh, there's no effect on the world of football. Uh, what you, but I it might be an effect on them because they get to play with KDB and get to be managed under Pep for a few days at least. Well, yeah, for a few days, but also, can, <laughs> you know, how how much in real terms can you learn? Um, can you learn from you know a, a, a bus journey next to KDB where he's probably I reckon I'd learn loads. Yeah. In the same way, Natalie, this is my very first ever appearance <laughs> in a radio show. How much am I going to learn next to broadcast legend Natalie Parker? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to change your life, <laughs> right, Walter? I feel like you've got the casting vote here. I'm saying that the kids would be better playing in Burton. Alex is saying the kids would be better playing for Sun- against Sunderland. What are you saying? I think what often happens is uh, you bring a load of players in, youngsters in. I remember us doing it against Chelsea and we ended up taking a bit of a tonking. Now, if you've got all these players coming through and they get the chance to play with KDB and they get the chance to play with Mendy, there's so much you can learn on the pitch uh, you know, playing next to them, you, you can, for all the best will in the world, you, when you're watching these players, I mean, as a City fan, I feel far more educated about football now that I've been watching Pep and I've been watching Pep's teams and KD Bree and KDB, should I say, and uh, David Silva and Bernardo Silva, and you can see the movements that they make, but to be involved in that, you know, if you don't learn anything, maybe football isn't the right uh, professional occupation for you. You know, you, you've got masters there around you, the greatest ever ginger player in the world. What can't you learn? <laughs> I love that. Um, well, we are. It is looking like there's five of the youth players that are going to that have been called into the squad for tomorrow night's game. Um, so we're looking like we, we might get the chance to. Well, well, we are looking like we're going to get to see not not youth players, but Eric Garcia and Philip Philippe Sandler, um, who we've seen a couple well, once this once this season. But from the youth, uh, we're looking at Felix Nemecha, Luke Bolton, Ike Pozo, Ian Carla Provido, and Taylor Richards, who um, have all been moved up into the squad for Burton. So we might get to see them. I think for tonight, I'm excited. Um, we're going to be speaking to his dad later on. We might get to see DiMaggio Wright Phillips tonight. Um, and does that just make you feel? It just makes me feel super old. It's like ridiculously does. old. I mean, the thing is, I remember Ian Wright playing, and I remember Ian Wright coming through, and you know, he's a granddad now to these players. So yeah, you know, I haven't had a, a tough paper around. I just, I am this old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes me feel so so old. Um, but now we've got our first of our three special guests that we've got coming on tonight's show, and I mean, and, and this this is incredible. Um, please, it's, I think he's on the phone now, waiting. Welcome everybody. It's Willie Donaghy. Hi, Willie. Hi there, how are you doing? Um, brilliant, thank you so much for um, for joining us tonight. It's, it's, we're so happy to have you on and also to get your get your opinion on um, some of the things that we've, we've already been been talking about. Um, we'd love to know, obviously, as a as a former player, as a manager, how would you go about approaching um, this Burton game tomorrow when you're already 9-0 up in a game? Well, what I've seen so far from Pep Guardiola, the one of his main strengths is they play every game the same. You know, they don't slacken off. They, they do everything very professionally. So no matter who plays, I know their attitude will be spot on. 
So I mean, it's a great chance for young players to give the young players a chance. But I think it goes through the whole club now. They, they play and practice in a certain way and nothing deviates from that. That's why they're getting the success they're getting. And you, you Willie, you're, um, you played 351 league games for City. You're 10th on the all-time appearance list, which is just phenomenal. We celebrated David Silva um, being, having the most ever, playing the most for City in the Premier League recently. Do, could you, can you imagine anybody playing 300-plus games now for, for, for City or for one club? That's getting more and more difficult um, because of the nature of the game. But yeah, I can see that. I mean, good good players, the clubs don't sell. You know, Man City will hold on to their best players. They John Stones and the younger players. I'm sure they'll be there for a long time because they'll be getting success. They'll be getting well paid. It's a great club. There's no reason for them to move. And it was the same same for me really. There was chances to go other places. When I played, Man City were one of the, always one of the top four or five teams, and there was no reason to go somewhere else, which wasn't as successful or as good. Um, Willie, obviously you played 351 games, as Natalie said, uh, nearly all of them as a left-back. Uh, at the minute, the one possible even weakness, if you could even, even say that about this Manchester City team, is that there isn't a definitive left-back that is fit at the minute. Um, there's talk about Ben Mendy recovering from injury. Um, but what, what do you make of it? Some Manchester City fans want Pep to go out and buy one of the transfer windows. Some want us to bring through Zinchenko or, or keep Delft there. What do you make of it? Well, actually, a couple of years ago when City were second in the league, they identified that they needed some fresh blood at fullback and goalkeeper, and they went out and bought two and, and a goalkeeper, and the next season they won the league. But I'm, I'm sure they've got enough players there. Somebody could play left back and give them the opportunity. I mean, I, I was a midfield player for most of my career, and I got a chance at left back after Glenn Pardo was injured. He was a great player. And then um, I was just given the opportunity. I'm sure they've got somebody there who could they could fill in at left back and do a great job for them. I, I don't see a great need to go and buy it again. That that's just my personal opinion. I don't know the inside what's going on. Hey Willie, it's uh, Walter here. I was going to ask you. Hey, you're manager of Montserrat now, and uh, with City sort of global expansion. Do you see any of the young kids now in Montserrat and you have to take a second or almost third look at them to see that they are wearing Manchester City kits? <laughs> it's a long, long story about Montserrat. But, um, yeah, I mean, Man City is becoming a global phenomenon because, well, they're going to be so successful. They're going to take over because, as you know, they've got a team in Asia, a team in America, a team in Europe. Um so that I'm sure the kids in Montreal will be wearing Man City strips soon, even if I don't take them there. <laughs> oh well, Willie, I, I really want to hear the full story about Montserrat. And um, lucky enough, we've we've got you on City Square before the game on Saturday, um, so before the Burnley game. And so hopefully, I'll get the chance to interview you and find out about the Montserrat story. Um, but but while I've got you, and I know this is a City show, but I'm taking my chance while I've got you, Willie. I am Scottish. You can't hear it in my accent. I was born in Edinburgh, um, and obviously yourself as a Scottish international. Do you think there's any chance that we might qualify? for something soon <laughs> well I really hope so I like you do um, I think 
it's, it's going to be a long process, but they put in place certain things in Scotland where they're de definitely developing better young players. For 10 years or so, they were struggling for top quality. But now there's more and more playing in the Premier League, uh, which is the standard that they'll add at Liverpool. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're getting better and better. And I'm, like you, hoping and praying that they do soon. Because <laughs> you know what it's like in Scotland. Football Scotland's religion. It means everything to them. And they deserve, they deserve better than they've had for a while. So I hope so. And I, I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Oh, yeah, we can't wait to, to see you and to hear about this. So for anybody that is coming down to City on, on Saturday, do get down to City Square to see Willie in person and he'll tell us about how the Montserrat job came up. Um, but finally, just before you go, Willie, can, what, what's your favourite, what, what would you say would be one of your favourite moments in a City shirt or what's one of your greatest memories that you have of the club? <laughs> well, there, there's so many, really, so many, but there, there's two... Obviously, when we won the League Cup, that was fantastic. And um, I've got to say, and when when United were relegated, it was a special moment for all the players at the time. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds a bit vindictive, but it was. I'll never forget it. Um, no, I, I, seriously, I loved every minute as a player there. And I was really lucky that the fans were, were really good to me. Like we're talking about homegrown players, I think they, excuse me, respect, respected me because as a homegrown player, then they knew I loved the club. The story about I was playing in a game once and Paul Power was playing left midfield, I was left back. I went past him, crossed the ball, and the ball went behind the goal, and I got like a round of applause from the fans. And, and Paul Power turned to me and said, oh, "Only you would get a round of applause after that." <laughs> In the stand. <laughs> oh, we're, 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 we're very kind fans. <laughs> very loving. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for your time, Willie. We really appreciate you having a chat to us, and I really look forward to, to meeting you and seeing you on Saturday. Welcome. Take care. Thanks, Willie. Bye. He was fab. I loved him. I can't wait to. I cannot. I, I want to hear this monster at story now. You guys, you have to get down to City Square on Saturday. Well, oh, what a gent. Uh, what a pleasure. I can't wait to see myself. It's uh, what a lovely guy as well. Oh, I, I think he almost sounds like the Manchester City James Bond. <laughs> oh, I like it. Oh, yes, I'll tell him that on Saturday. Um, there's also loads of more going on at City Square on Saturday. Um, and as always, we give you the chance. Well, well, not actually. If you are a child and you're under 14, we give you the chance. Otherwise, we give your kid the chance to get on the pitch before the Burnley game and you can have your picture taken with the team. That's seriously cool, right? Walter's face right now is saying exactly how I feel about that as well. That is seriously cool. Now, if you want your child to have the chance to win that opportunity, all you need to do is get down to West Reception by quarter past one, and that is on Saturday, and you also have the chance of winning an Amarit Laporte shirt. Can I, am I going to see you down there? Yeah, definitely, 100%, especially if you can win a signed shirt. How young does a kid have to be? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to know it's you now, so you can't, like, shave your beard off and stand there hoping that you look young enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you underestimate my ability. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we're going to, after the break, we're going to chat about the Burnley game, have a little bit of a preview on that, and then we're going to be joined by the wonderful Archie Kelly. Manchester City Football Social. Manchester. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Ding, ding, round two on the Manchester City Football Social. If you've got anything you want to add, go give us a call on 0345 7625. Text us on 07711 or even drop us a tweet at Manchester Footy Social. <laughs> you can't read your own writing. It's 87711 on the text. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong there. I won't tell you what to do for a, for a profession. <laughs> So this uh, this uh, part of the programme, we're going to be talking about Burnley. We've got a big FA Cup game coming up. And we've got a very special guest caller, Archie Kelly of uh, Phoenix Knights fame. So we're looking at the Burnley game first. Do Manchester City need to win this game? Are we still going for that quadruple or will it affect our form in the league? Are we taking on too much? Is the squad going to be stretched? Over to you, I think, Alex. Well, we need to win it. Obviously, if we don't win it, we get knocked out of the competition. That's how cup football works. I think if we want to win uh, as much as we can, we've got to take it with some seriousness. Um, the worst thing that could possibly happen would be a, a replay. But I'll be honest, as a City fan, I mean, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to sound like a spoiled City fan here, but I think at this stage of the competition, we are chasing Liverpool in the league. We've got the Champions League coming up. If we get knocked out, I'm not going to shed any tears. Are you not? Well, I mean, it would be obviously very embarrassing losing at home to Burnley. We're struggling in the league. Yeah. But as far as the third round goes, and I'm a big advocate for the FA Cup, I think if you offered me now and you said, look, it's five less games, it might be the difference between catching Liverpool and not or getting through the next round of the Champions League and not. It's my lowest priority. Love it if we win. Oh. I'll cheer if we score. But I'm not that bothered if we lose. I want to win everything, though. Like I want, we're in it. I want to win everything that we're in. Like, and like, I'm not saying for one second. Nobody start this quadruple chat. Nobody's saying we're going to win a quad. No. But I, I, we're in four things, and I want to win four things. I want to win four things. I'm just saying, like, the same yeah. way when I go You to don't the... want us to win? Well, no, I'm, I'm buying a new car at the minute. I go to the garage and I want to have a Ferrari, but I've got the budget for a Ford Fiesta. That's, <laughs> that's where I'm at. And I'm not saying that Manchester City squad is a Ford Fiesta, but maybe at this minute it might not be a quadruple of a Ferrari just yet. And I think if we're looking for it, let's go for something really nice. Let's not overspend ourselves. Let's... Uh, so let's let's play it. Let's take it seriously. We can beat Burnley at home. Of course we can. Let's go for it. I want us to win it. But I'm just saying, if we lose... I'm not going to be devastated. Is that evil to say, Walter? No, it's definitely not evil to say. But what I would think about is you've got four competitions that you're in. And I think with us being in the final, almost, yeah, book your coaches, book book your hotels. We're in the final of the League Cup. And you're looking, I'm old, so I do say the League Cup. And then you're looking at the Premier League, we're second place and we're hunting them down. And the Champions League is what our owners want. Uh, we've never won it. That's the ultimate goal. So this uh, FA Cup, is it our fourth priority, Natalie? Ooh, yeah. I suppose when you look at it like that, then it is really because... And exactly for those reasons that you say, we're already in the final of the League Cup, so 
well, well, sorry, that's very disrespectful. We're nearly in the final of the League Cup. <laughs> We're in it. We're, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? This will, this will bite us now if we get beat like 10-0 tomorrow. Um, and so we're in the final. We want to win it now. Obviously, for, for, for me as a fan, I want us to win the league again to do, to do it twice in a row. Um, but like you say, the owners want the Champions League. So I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. Like, if we if we get knocked out, we won't be too upset. But I will be upset because I just want us to win. And I think we've got the squad to win it. We can do it. Like, oh, I, I just said, let's not start talking about a quad, didn't I? And then I've gone, we can do it. But I just, yeah. And I love the FA Cup. I, you know, third, FA Cup third round weekend is one of my favourite weekends of the year. So, um, I, oh, I want us to win. Right, well, I know whose opinion we can ask. On the phone with us right now is Archie Kelly. You might know him from that Peter Kay thing, Phoenix Knights. But, of course, not only is he uh, all of those wonderful things, he is a Manchester City fan. Archie, are you there? Yeah, how are you doing? All right. I'm very well. How are you? I'm OK. We were I just, just talk, talking about... Because the... I knew she was on the programme. I've just had a bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing here now with my towel on, and I tell you what, it's freezing in this phone booth. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, when you come on City happy. Square on Saturday, make sure you pop your clothes on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you always ask me when it's nice weather. It's very good of you. <laughs> Um, Archie, obviously you're going to be at Manchester City in City Square for the FA Cup. Um, yeah. We used to talk about whether it matters to Manchester City fans. You're a Manchester City oh, fan. Of course it does. Of course it does. I'll tell you one of the most disappointing things ever as a Man City fan. I got to, uh, I was walking up Wembley Way, you know, when we played Wigan. Sure. And, and I saw this lad who I know from Middleton, and his first words were, he said, we're getting rid of Mancini and we're getting someone called Pellegrini. And that was on Cup Final Day. And sure enough, we lost, didn't we? But uh, that was the most. But yeah, it's, great. it's a great day out. I mean, uh, the Stoke one was fantastic because that was the that was the start of it all, wasn't it? When we when we beat Stoke. Oh, I love that, that was run a great as well. Day out. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I was at that Wigan game and I was devastated. It was awful, wasn't it? Oh, getting to Wembley and then losing. Like we've haven't yeah. done it much in recent years. Oh, well, let's hope we don't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. One of the worst things was when we left Wigan. there. Anyway, sorry, go on. No, one of the worst things uh, when we left Wigan, uh, you could almost feel the karma. It was this uh, enormous storm cloud erupted and there wasn't a dry person leaving. So not only did you lose the game, you got soaked wet through getting to the... Uh, getting <laughs> to I the thought tube. you tears. <laughs> well, I, I did a, a big charity show at, uh, in Wigan not long ago, and it was they were all there. Roberto Mancini and, and Mancini, listen to me, um, the Wigan manager, um, oh, Martinez, yeah, Martinez, Roberto Martinez, and all the Wigan players. And uh, it was a big. It was called Joseph's Goal, this uh, charity thing, and the MC was a, a Man United fan. And he, he did, did, did a presentation. Do you know that lad who scored the goal against us? <laughs> did they? Before they introduced me, I thought, well, that's nice, isn't it? You know, and they knew I was a City fan. <laughs> hey, well, don't worry, Archie, because they're knocked out this season already, so we should oh, be fine all the way. Oh, teams out, I know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. But no, it does matter. And I think it, yeah, when you've got a squad where you've got, actually, you've got two first-teamers for every position, I think, you know, you should be should be trying. I mean, some of these teams, like Leicester the other week, I mean, they're not going anywhere. And they they put like a B team out for the FA Cup. I can't. I don't understand that for one minute. So yeah, I think we should be going on all fronts, you know. When Liverpool didn't put a full team out and then got beat by Wolves in, in the last round, I just thought it was ridiculous. <laughs> and you've not yeah. won anything in so long as well. Like you'd think they'd be going for it. You know what? I'm, I'm surprised you say Liverpool have not won anything because the way they talk about them, you, you think they were the European <laughs> champions. Mo Salah's the best thing since sliced bread. Even and when he dives, nobody says a word. Ryan Sterling gets scythed down in a box, and all he ever gets is stick. 
you know, and exactly. it's like Liverpool, you know, oh, they're, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I'm loving it because I'm enjoying this season more than I did last season when we walked it because I just know they're going to slip up at some point and then we're going to have all those videos again. It was our year, mate, and all that again. So it's going to be great. Well, I, I agree with you in certain respects is this idea of... Because we did walk it last year. We didn't have a, a, some of these special moments. So, yeah. you, you know, you're talking when we won it the first time and, uh, you know, when it, the camera cuts to Sunderland and you can see Phil Jones's <laughs> face and Alex Ferguson oh, getting them off. the icing on the cake, wasn't it? <laughs> Stevie G slipping up. You know, these moments almost yeah. add to the euphoria of winning the league. It was great, yeah. I mean, you know, I used to watch Match of the Day, I used to watch um, the, the, the game on Sky, and they'd always pan on some adult in the audience, like in the crowd, like crying, you know, when the team got beat. And I used to think, get a grip, you know, it's, it's only a game of football. But when Aguero scored that goal, I was trembling and I actually felt like crying. It, it, I mean, it was like emotionally being shot out of a cannon because we were down there. We thought, no, we've blown it again. And then the next minute, he scores the goal, and emotionally, it was oh, it was unbelievable. I've never experienced anything like that. So can I ask you one question then? Yeah. Which one gave you the more... I know you said you never felt anything like that before, but which one gave you the most emotion? Dickoff or Aguero? Well, you know the, the, you know what? I was there at, at Wembley for that, and a load of people around us had all left, and, and then we got the goal. But you know what we had there? We had extra time. And then we had penalties. So, like I'm saying, emotionally, you had time to adjust. We thought, oh, we're back in it. Oh, penalties, right. And, and you know what I mean? It was like, a, it was gradual. But with Aguero, we're talking about seconds to go. We've blown it. Two lads who were sitting near me, they were nearly fighting. And then, you know, so many seconds later, they're hugging each other. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, it really was the strangest feeling ever because emotionally, like I could say, it was like being shot out of a cannon. I've never had anything like that before. Now, yeah, Archie, while we've got you, um, I want to talk about Phoenix Knights very briefly. You played um, Kenny Senior, uh, uh, one that's of the great right. characters of, of sitcom television. Um, he was best known, if you don't want me saying, as a habitual liar. Is that fair to yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't based on anyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> and there he goes again. Um, so your character obviously was a habitual liar. So we've got with a little game. If you'll humour me for just a moment, uh, I'm going to give you five unbelievable city facts, and you've got to tell me which one is true and which okay. one is completely made up. Are you up for that? It's two facts and one's true and one's false. I know we've got five. You just tell me oh, true five. or false. Oh, uh, okay, it, go on then. All right, first one, and welcome to play at home as well. Uh, <laughs> Manchester City hold the record for the least goals scored at home in a Premier League season. I bet that was under Stuart Pearce. Yes, I'll go for true for that one. Uh, that is bang on. 2006, <laughs> 2007, 10 goals in 19 home games. Uh, and our top scorer that season, Joey Barton, with six goals. Whoa, Whatever yeah, happened yeah. to him? All he right, so one for one. centre forward in that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was unbelievable, that. Man, our times have changed. All right, yeah. fact two. Manchester City have the record for the youngest player to play in the Premier League. False. Correct, that is false. Uh, we don't have the youngest, but we do have the oldest. John Burridge, 43 years, 4 months and 26 days old. Uh, 1995. Wow. All right. OK, number three. Number three. Uh, when City won the FA Cup in 1906, they actually had 11 first-team players suspended. Uh, no, I'll have to go false. That is also correct. You're on fire, Archie. It was actually 17. You had 17, 17 players suspended. <laughs> yeah, we had 17 players due to financial irregularities. Oh, uh, don't bring that up on this show. Oh, yeah. no. But yeah. Manchester City and money, what could go wrong there? Right. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, fact number four. Uh, City once won the league and then got relegated within 12 True. months. True. Of course it is, an easy one. They won the first league uh, in 1937-38 and then were relegated the season after. All right, final one. Manchester City are technically the only football club in Manchester. Oh, yeah, because of the other ones. That's why we call them the Salford Club, don't we? Exactly. Yay! It's an easy one. <laughs> Correct. Five out of five for Archie Kelly. Well done, Five Charlie. out of five. Hey! That oh, was Joe on the buzzer, Archie. <laughs> I'll tell everyone I got five out of five, but nobody believes me. It's true, you know. I can't I can't tell anybody anything and they always think I'm telling lies. Well, are you are you coming on City Square on Saturday? Yeah, I'll be there, yeah, don't He's you? He's telling the truth, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we, we're really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Um, oh, good stuff, good and, stuff. Yes, and I know Fanzone Danny's particularly excited to see you. Yeah, I, I did a gig with with Danny not long ago at Duckingfield at the, uh, with uh, Steve Daly. You, you know, he's probably our worst ever sign in, in history. That's what, he, that's what he builds himself as. Lovely lad, lovely lad, but even he could play in the team we've got now, I'm telling you. Well, thank I you. Even I could play in this team. <laughs> Thanks, Archie. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you. Um, well, your time. You see we'll Bye. see you on Saturday. Bye, Bye. Oh, I love that guy. He cracks me up. Um, so, yeah, do get down to City Square and you can see Archie on stage and you'll probably, you know, wind Liverpool and United fans up a bit more. And also, we're doing this, like, Rocky Oki thing on Saturday at City Square. Um, it's like karaoke, but you get to do it with a live band. Oh, and right? two pe- Yeah, yeah. And we give away, like, Honestly, the prizes are ridiculous. Like you can get like upgraded. Like, like the, the prizes are awesome. So yeah, come down and see us on on Saturday. Right, we're going to take a little break now, and then while we're on this break, we're going to try and ring America and see if we can get our very special guest, Sean Wright Phillips, on the phone. Manchester City Football Social. Manchester City Football Social with Blue Moon Rising. Hi there, it's Alex Hilton. You're listening to the Manchester City Football Social. I'm in the studio here with Natalie and Walter. We are talking all things Manchester City. And you know what? I am really, really looking forward to our next guest. This is my absolute all-time hero growing up. I had his poster on the back of my wall. Uh, it's, it's a place to introduce on the phone, Mr. Sean Right, Right, Right Phillips. Sean, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. What's oh, Sean, you, you, you kept us waiting there. Like, you picked it up. <laughs> Sean, you're a tease. How are you getting on? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? All the better for hearing your voice, Sean. Um, it's a pleasure to have you, Sean. Um, you're out in America at the minute. Um, are you keeping up with Date with Manchester City? Yes, of course. I've got the game trying to stream it now. Oh, oh is, is your son playing? <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to ask you guys that information. We are. Uh, Keeps everything close to his chest. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you like an overbearing parent? Are you are you like always like keeping up with what he does? Will you always give him instruction, or do you just leave that to the club? No, that's I leave that to the club. It's the best place for him to learn for me. Um, obviously, if he needs advice, he knows where to find me, and I will give him the best advice I can. But other than that, I want him to learn his own routes and make his own paths in the game. I was going to ask you, Sean, I was there when you made your debut against Port Vale, and I remember you coming on. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they gave you the wrong size shirt, I think, at the time. And you came on, and you were up against this this whopping six-foot-five defender, and he didn't have a clue what to do with you. Did you find that your sort of low centre of gravity helped you as a player? Um, I'd say, yeah, especially coming up against the, um, the bigger players, which... 
was pretty much everybody. It, it made it um, easier for me to manoeuvre around people because obviously not a lot of them can turn as quick. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a, it was a joy to to see you playing um, for City, and obviously you went off to to Chelsea, and then you came back to us and made us all happy again. Um, but obviously, when when you went to Chelsea, Sean, it was twenty one million, which obviously was a heck of a lot of money back then. Like, what on earth do you think you'd be worth these days? I reckon eighty, ninety. Easy. Um, I don't know. I've never, I've never <laughs> ever put a price tag on myself. So it's just a strange one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I let everybody else decide that. To be honest with you, I just don't like it. As you know, I just always enjoy playing and putting the shirts on. To be honest. Well, I'm giving you ninety. Then we'll we'll say it. That's, that's, you you didn't say it, it was me. <laughs> um, but we were talking um, before about the Burton game, and obviously we're nine we're nine nil up. We've got the second leg tomorrow night. We'd love to know. We were, we were chatting before the game as a former player. How would you have approached the nine nil game? How would you have been feeling? Would you um would you have treated it a bit more relaxed? Would you have held back, or or would it just have been in you to just go for it again? No, I think um, as a player, and especially the way that um, Pep's got the Man City players playing, whoever's playing is going to go for it again. Um, and I think as they should do. I think their team of players that want to win all the time and want to score goals. So it doesn't matter who you come up against, like this day and age in football you can lose against anybody so why take the chance of losing and just go and go and do the job that you've been told to do yeah absolutely i think i think we're with you what did you think of some of the comments um from from some commentators it said we were disrespectful for beating them nine nil um, I, I totally don't agree with it. Um, as I said, like we're professional players, we don't want to lose. Um, that's just it just shows for me the, the the difference in the standards in the game. Like, why why should uh, like Man City or any Premier League club have to let up and change the way they play? Like that's that's not the game. They've been told to go out there and do a job, win the game, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Sean, we've talked a lot about your, your boy, and obviously everyone's talking about um, should the younger players play tomorrow and the opportunity they've got to, to get on the coach and, and talk to Pep Guardiola and have his. Um, does your son get a lot of face time with Guardiola and the first team coaches? Um, he, he gets his chances when he, when he deserves it. Um, and he's had a few, and I think it's, it's all a learning curve and creates great experiences for him to mature as a player. I mean, obviously the club is changing a little bit every single season and it's moving on. Um, do you, what, who was the best manager that you had and what are the changes that they kind of made that had effect on you as a player developing at Manchester City? Um, I think, especially starting from a young age, I think the, the most inspirational person for me was it would have to be Joe Rowe for me because obviously he, he's the person that believed in me from the start and pretty much got me and helped me get to where I, I made it to. So I think he it would have to be Joe Robert. I think the best man in control is the man that's going to show everybody, which is Pep, and he's teaching everybody pretty much everything they didn't know from me in different ways of playing, which is seems to be taking a premiership by storm. Can I ask you, you came to Manchester City nearly 20 years ago. I don't mean to make you feel a bit old. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I'm just wondering what the biggest difference is. You, got, you know, you've got your lad coming home and he might be saying this or that about the youth setup. What are the biggest differences from when you arrived to now that what you see, you know, your son coming home telling you tales or, you, you know, you go over to the training campus just to see what's going on. What do you feel are those biggest differences? 
um, for one, you'd have to say the training facility because I was at Platt Lane. <laughs> and that was like two pitches. <laughs> so, but um, no, I, I think it's it's all the backroom staff that are doing the work behind the scenes for, say, the players and stuff to make their life a lot easier. So all they have to focus on is football. And I think as a player, that will take a lot of stress off them that they don't have to worry about too much else. So you're, you're in America at the minute. You're over in Phoenix. How is life treating you over in the States? I can't really complain. It's sunny here. <laughs> <laughs> not really, not really, oh, we've got really ice complain. warnings no, here. It's good. Yeah, I've heard. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice no, treating me. Um, it's treating me really good. I'm doing like a, um, I do like a part-time coaching thing over here, which I'm enjoying with some kids, trying to help them along their way. And um, it's only a short season. Just see if it was something I was interested. In. And I, I still see you're often posting about the charity work that, that, that you do that you're still heavily involved in as well. Could you tell us a bit about that? Um, well, I kind of got into it when I was at um, Chelsea. and um, it's, it's over in Guatemala, and it's about building schools and rehoming kids from either mental or physically abused children. To, so hopefully we can put them into colleges, basically. So realistically, just giving them a better chance at life than they've had or would have. Can I ask you, you said you were coaching in America. When you're dealing with these kids, yeah. what's the biggest piece of advice that you give them that you think can help them, not only in football, but just generally in life? That if you don't fight or work hard, no matter what it is in life, you're never going to achieve it. So it might be basic as football, but if you have that mentality in football, you can take it on to, say, other jobs and other things you want to do in your life. And is that the same advice you offer at home? Um, yeah, to, to my kids, yes, of course. Like, cause everything starts with hard work. If you ain't willing to work hard for anything, then I don't believe it can be made possible. Uh, um, for the city, there'll be a lot of Manchester City fans that aren't familiar with um, DiMaggio and, and the way that he plays. Could you, for the City fans that w want to know a little bit more about him, what, how would you describe his game? Um, he's got a bit of me, but he's got more. As long as he keeps his head down, he, he can become something special. Ooh, wow. That was, that was proper dad advice, that. That was <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. That was incredible. Yeah, that's proud dad. <laughs> and what do you think? No, the few... I, that's, that's my belief. We, lo we love it. We're fully backing you all. <laughs> the, the, the Wright Phillips family are always welcome at sea. Oh, yes. <laughs> what, what do you think um, the future might hold for you now, Sean? You're talking about coaching. Is that something you'd like to do long term? Maybe might we see you back one day in, in, in Manchester coaching? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm a person that I try not to think that far down the line or get my hopes up about a lot of things. So I just kind of work day by day and basically see where it takes me. So if you do come back to I Manchester, still have Shore, to do my badges. Yeah. Well, see, if you do come back to Manchester, Sean, make sure you invest in a warm coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I left this, the left the last one I had in London, so it'll always be there. <laughs> Oh, well, thank, thank you, Sean, honestly. Thank you so much. I know we, we're absolutely firing questions at you because we're so excited to speak to you and to have you on True. the show. Um, so just a big, big thank you for your time because we know you are in America. It's in the middle of the day over there. It's like lunch, you're about to have your lunch or something over there in America. So thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Hopefully see you again soon. Uh, over in Manchester at City Square, we, we had Sean at, um, at a game a couple, about a month ago, just before Christmas at City Square, and the crowd were, was massive, and people just went mad to see him again. Was he, so he was one of your heroes? Oh, definitely growing up. I, I, wanted, I wanted to be Sean Wright Phillips growing up, but it's just that he was, I think, you know, oh, man, it's just the way that he played, and Sean was one of those players that you just get excited watching, and he makes you get off, you know, get off of your yeah, feet, yeah. and when you're just always looking forward, and you know when the ball gets to him, you know, nothing might, might come of it, but he's always looking to get forward. Oh, it's just an exciting player to watch. You know, and Leroy Sonny does for it now, and, and I'm sure there'll be kids that in 10 years' time will we'll talk about Leroy Sonny the way that I feel about Sean Wright Phillips. Do you remember when he got sold at an... Was, that, was, it, were we playing, was I on the way to Middlesbrough, I think it was? Were we playing Middlesbrough that day? Or was it Macclesfield? No, not, wouldn't it have been Macclesfield? It was a pre-season friendly. Um... Mm. Yeah, it was, it was a dark day. I mean, he was our one shining beacon. I mean, it was a real... It was a dark time for City in terms of there wasn't a lot of excitement going on. And he was our one shining beacon. And he was almost like a fan on the pitch, you know, because you'd watched him come through. And he just... He's one of those players, as Alex said, once he got on the ball, you could feel it. You know, you could yeah. feel the energy of the crowd because he could produce something special. You know, he scored some wonderful goals against Arsenal and Manchester United. He was a big game player as well. So watching him get sold that time, because I know Chelsea were going around snapping up all these. In some ways, I was thankful because it meant United might not win the league. But in other, bigger terms, it was uh, it was a dark day for City. And all, according to all reports, he didn't want to go either. Oh, yeah, he's you know, he was said per- that before. Oh, he was perfectly happy at City and we were so happy with him. But we've only just beaten uh, the amount of money that we got for him back then. You know, we got 21 million and the club, he, he there was a man, Sean Wright Phillips, and what we got for the money for him, he saved Manchester yeah. City, you know, and he saved our club. So <laughs> what higher accolade can you get than that? Not only on the pitch, but certainly off the pitch as well. Yeah, it was it was wonderful to speak to him there, and we've had some incredible guests on tonight as well. So you know, if you're not if you're not already subscribing to the Manchester City Football Social podcast, you should do so that you don't miss any of our shows and you don't miss um, the chance to hear the guests. So, gents. Your first show tonight, Alex. You've been brilliant. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've had a whale of a time. It's been awesome. I just uh, I hope I've let you guys down because it's been it's been a great show, and I can't wait to go again next week. You've been brilliant. And Walter, your second show. You're a natural. You're starting to. But you're going to get a dent in that chair soon, I think. <laughs> it's very possible. It's just great to see Alex again because of all our work we did together on Blue Moon Rising TV. You know, what a solid set of lads they were. You know, and we're all friends behind the scenes as well. We've all got our own WhatsApp group. We still got to <laughs> message each other. So it's all great to catch up and see him in person again. Yeah, I've seen Stephen already tweeting um, his love for you on tonight's show as well. So thank you very much to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you very much for downloading and subscribing the podcast. The numbers are just getting higher and higher every week. We're getting more texts, more tweets, more calls, and we're just really thankful for, for everybody tuning into us. So, um, you know, enjoy the week. Come on the under-21s tonight. Come on whatever team they get put out tomorrow. Come on in the FA Cup on Saturday, and we'll be back next Tuesday. You follow them from the stands. You follow them on the telly. You follow them in the pub. Now, you can follow City here. Play my flash briefing. All the latest Manchester City news is now available as a daily update via your Amazon smart speaker. Just search Manchester Football Social in store now to get the latest news from the Etihad whenever you want it without lifting a finger. Manchester, Manchester, Manchester.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.